millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning. It's the morning. We never do it in the morning. No, it's really weird. Annabelle turned up at an hour of day where I'm never normally dressed. You were dressed. I was amazed. Now, that can extend into the afternoon many days. but I've been uh, around at night and you've been in your PJs still. <laughs> I say PJs, dressing gown. Yeah, yeah. I'm not leaving the house. That's the point. I have very much um, like a Brian Wilson vibe. When he was in the sandpit after it, you know, after it all went wrong for him, mm. I think that's that's my daytime look. Yeah, and sometimes, as you say, my nighttime look. But yes, so uh, Annabelle turned up just after nine this morning. Really, this is like doing a breakfast show. <laughs> A little bit, not not very much really. That was a horrible. I haven't had a breakdown yet, so we're okay. No, no. I think my cognitive function never recovered. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, The reason we're recording in the morning today is I have to go somewhere. Mm. Now this this is cryptic because I'm I'm not allowed to say where, but basically tomorrow I have to go back and interview somebody about an album. So today I have to go and listen to that album because they they don't trust me to just listen to it over the internet or send me a CD. I have to go to a place and sit in a room and listen to an album and make notes and then go back tomorrow. It's very exciting. That sounds thrilling. Yes. Um, The the weird thing about it is, is somebody else organised it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just got told where I need to be and when. Right. I received this information. What it doesn't include is is the name of anybody sh- I should ask for at reception oh, I when that I arrive. So stressful. So so I email back and say, oh, is is there a name of someone I should ask for? And they said, no, no, just make yourself known when you arrive. What? Hello. Make yourself known. It's me. Hi. I'm here to see a person. <laughs> oh, which department? I don't know. It a just, department? It look like an idiot. Yeah. Oh. Like loads. I mean, this is a big place where loads of people work. Mm-hmm. What am I? I think it's I'm, I'm, in, I'm being the victim of an elaborate prank here. It seems that way. Hi, I'm here to see a man about a thing that I can't mention because of secrecy. The worst thing is that it's almost like you've got to turn up and just say your name just be like, so everyone knows who I am. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yes, what it feels yes, like to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I've arrived, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing today. That's why I'm recording in the morning. Um, I've been trying to think of anything that has happened to me in recent days. And the thing that springs to mind is on Sunday, I went to a school fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, did one of those recently. Mm. Mm. So the two exciting things about it were, number one, 
I got to see the man that, from the local shop, the shopkeeper, in the wild. Whoa. Which, I, you know, I never do, and it's so exciting. It's like seeing a teacher yes. out of school, yes. seeing the, the man from the shop outside of the shop is really... I mean, I've seen him like, getting things out of the boot of his car when he's come back from the cash and carry. Not the same. No. No. Th- that's, that, that, that's about the extent of it. So that was really exciting. He was wearing quite a snazzy burgundy top. Nice. Yeah. Sounds very snazzy. Yeah. Burgundy, you say. I oh. do. Mm. And then um, the other exciting thing was um, Sarah did an hour's shift on a stall. Oh, did she? Selling pims. Did, did she? Yeah. That's good to her. Nice. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't volunteer. Right. Why not? You say obviously. Well, the interaction. terrible at it. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I bet Sarah was good at that. I did be, hear people saying they're, they're watering the pims down. Oh. Wouldn't no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, be. The, the thing that was um, less exciting hmm. was there was a talent show. A kid's talent show. And Gene insisted on taking part. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, at first he wanted to sing the Finnish entry from this year's Eurovision Song Contest. (laughs) Okay. You didn't try and dissuade him, did you? Well, it includes the lyrics, Woke up with bruises on my body, hands tied like Jesus on a cross, your name in lipstick on the mirror. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe maybe not. No, 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 no. Okay. He then decided he was going to make a speech... About rocks. About, like, rocks. Not rock, but rocks. Oh, okay. Rocks and stones. So I said, what do you think, what will you say in your speech? And he said, because uh, I said, Gene, you, you know, I know that might seem like a good idea, but you've got to think it through what it would look like. Mm. And um, he said, okay, here's what I'd say. <clears throat> rocks are found all over the world in many different shapes and colours. Then there was a long pause and he said, Actually, that wouldn't be very good, would it? Oh. I mean, that's as far as he, he realised he doesn't know anything else about rocks. What self-awareness, though? Yeah. <laughs> You've well, installed it into you him. You say that because he, he, he finally settled on oh. playing the mouth organ. Okay, can he do, can he do that? No? Well, it depends on your definition of playing the mouth organ, really. I suppose anyone can breathe into it. <laughs> well, I think you've uh, you've hit, hit, hit the okay. nail on the head there. Okay, okay. Because that's, that's, that's what he does. And okay. out. Oh, good. Breathe in and out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. And I'll be honest... I listen to Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone, hmm. and I'm not entirely sure that Bob Dylan can play a mouth organ either <laughs> at that stage, because that is exa- I can I can get Gene's harmonica and do a fair approximation of the end of Like a Rolling Stone, hmm, hmm. and I can't I can't play it. Right, right. I don't know my way around it at all. So there is that, I suppose. So we um we wrote his name down on the form in the school reception when I dropped him off one day, and um. And then we just wait. Then we, then we just wait. We get an email from the school saying, if you need backing music, oh. then um, make sure it's on an iPhone, which is lucky because I have an iPhone. And um, I think maybe he should have backing music because the unaccompanied sound of somebody artlessly <laughs> breathing in and out of a mouth organ, it, it might provoke an audience reaction that is scarring. Yes. I mm-hmm. thought to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I made a little thing on my computer, which was just, you know, some chords going round and round for 45 seconds, okay. which I thought was mercifully short. Right, right. Um, That's good because it gives it an end yes, as well. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. We were told the music can't be any longer than 90 seconds. I thought, I'm going to beat that. <laughs> half of that. So, um, so, so that's, that's what he puts his name down to do. So the, the, the day before I'm saying to him, so have you thought about what you're going to say? When you go on stage, he said, yeah, I'm going to say, hello, don't cigarette. 
What? So you think cigarette smoking, the verb for smoking is cigarette. Oh. It's a cigarette. <laughs> I said, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's, uh, I don't know that's going to be a problem at the school fate. <laughs> I don't think that's an announcement you need to make. So he settled on welcome. Um, if anybody needs the toilet, go now. Um, because you don't want to need the toilet when it's your turn. And then the, he was to indicate to me to press play on the music okay. or you know, whoever I was standing next to. So that, that was the plan. We turn up on the day. Yeah. I look at the order of, uh, order of performance and he is the opening act. Oh, no. That's, you don't want to be opening. No. And no. worse than that, mm. to warm the crowd up, they've got one of the big kids from the top class, you know, the, the oldest class, yeah. year six, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. I only know new money, uh, old money. Yeah, yeah. Um, to play guitar. And this kid is a prodigy. And I'm not, you know, sometimes you see a kid play guitar on Britain's Got Talent, you think, would we be reacting like this if if it wasn't a kid, though? Are mm. they that good? Mm. This kid was that good. Really? When I arrived, he was playing along to a Guns N' Roses song, and I genuinely thought he was miming because the, the guitar playing was of a standard that it, it just it it didn't make sense that a child was playing like this. Oh, wow. So he finishes. Um, while he's playing, and just before he finishes, I, I go over to the thing and I say, oh, uh, my son is going to be doing the mouth organ. Um, can, can we plug my phone in? And they say, is that an iPhone? I said, yeah. And then the guy on the sound thing does that thing. Because, of course, iPhones, a few years ago, they moved the socket for a headphone, oh. which is what you'd usually plug into a sound system oh. so they scrabble around and find one of those little white things to plug headphones in oh, no. and uh, they say okay that should do it so gene gets up he says welcome he says his thing about it and people are people are cheering people are being supportive a large crowd has gathered for the start of the talent contest largely because this kid was so good on guitar but gene is like the youngest of the youngest age group in it mm-hmm. and, and people are being supportive so he says his little welcome thing um and then he's sort of does the nod to play the music. I press play. Nothing happens. Oh, no. Now, straight away, I'm thinking, this must be a problem with me. I must have done something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd I'd even brought a spare phone so that I could video him with one phone and and play the music off another one. So in a panic, I get the other phone and plug that one in and try and play off that one. Still nothing. Oh, no. In the meantime, he's just standing there. This is terrible. And people are going, woo, woo, woo. But I'm just thinking, oh, I'm watch- watching my son be scarred for life here. Oh, no. This is because ter- um, Pete, for example, our old colleague, um, God bless him, bless his soul, God rest his soul, um, he would tell a story about being in a school production and playing guitar, but starting with his fingers in the wrong place and everybody pointing and laughing oh. at him. And he seemed damaged by that. In, you know, into his adult life. And I thought, that's that's what I'm watching this. I'm like yelling, Sarah, go and give him a hug. Go and give him a hug. So, so Sarah goes and hugs him. But do you know what? He's absolutely fine. Oh, wow. And he even like closes his eyes and does meditating breathing on stage. Ooh. And he looks so <laughs> relaxed. But I, you know, the only person who isn't relaxed at this point is me because I'm so livid that they said, bring an iPhone. Yes, and I'm then their livid. cable doesn't work. Yeah, and they're going, oh, maybe we could, uh, you know, if this is going to happen to other people, maybe we could send someone to a shop to get a new oh, adapter. Ridiculous. And and then eventually they hit on the bright idea of holding a 
microphone uh, okay. up to my phone. <laughs> so Sounds great. Yeah. 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 And um and then he plays along with that and it's fine. And yeah, you know, people are clapping along and it goes great and he thinks oh, it's gone okay. fantastic and it's Good. all fine. But I cannot enjoy myself for the rest of the day. Oh. I'm so livid. I think I know I know people in the audiovisual uh, <laughs> industry. My best friend used to do the sound and lights for the rave band Entrance who <laughs> Had a hit with a cover version of Staying Alive. <laughs> I could have got him to come in and do, the, do this. So it was, I, I feel more traumatised than he did. He doesn't mm. seem bothered at all. Mm. And then when they did the judging. Oh, yeah. And? Didn't place. Why not at all? I think they should have given him a pity, pity placing. Yeah. After what he had to enjoy, the humiliation. Some commendation from the judges yeah. or something. Yeah. And when I say he was absolutely fine, the moment he realised that he hadn't won, he wasn't absolutely fine. Oh. He went into like this rage. He oh, went no. into a, a rage about you know, one of his best friends who did a magic show. Oh, right. Uh, that he didn't feel was uh, of oh, a oh, high enough oh, quality. Oh, oh. I mean, objectively, it was much better, but right. uh, I didn't think it would be helpful for me to no. say that to him. No, 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 no. At the time. But, um, yeah, he had this meltdown and it made me think, I think I think he has got a future as a performer. I'm, we're all thinking that. Uh, with, with that kind of ability to have a tantrum when something doesn't go exactly your <laughs> way. I thought, if yeah, whatever the talent sh- shows are in the future on TV, the reality shows, they will always be a place for some delusional person who thinks oh, they're talented, no. who then has a tantrum when the judges <laughs> don't pick them because that makes for good television. Oh, no. So I'm very proud of him. <laughs> We um we came home hmm. and uh, it was Sunday afternoon. I thought, well, what, what can we do here? Like, what's a fun thing to do on a Sunday afternoon? And we were all like just tired, and Sarah wasn't feeling very well, so we thought we'll put on a film. And something I you're really good with this, actually. I think even Tom is good with this because I know it's a lot of parents. What they do is whatever their favourite things are, they want to foist them on the kids. Mm. And I'm definitely guilty of that. And then the other aspect of that is people foist stuff on the kids before they're old enough for it mm-hmm. because they're so excited for them to see it. And then the kids are like, mm, it's boring. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, one of one of the other parents had told me they'd shown their kid Back to the Future recently. Oh, okay. And Gene has watched a few, you know, he tends to watch animations, but he likes some live action films. I thought, right, now's the time we're going to watch that. It's got, you know, guitar in it. It's got the thing with the manure. Sorry, spoiler alert if you've <laughs> never seen it. Uh, manure from the back of a truck, skate. He's, he's going to like this film. So, um, so put it on. I then instantly fall asleep on the sofa mm. and wake up about half an hour into the film. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking... Imagine if you'd never seen that film and you switched it on either half an hour in or you woke up half an hour into it, mm. or, or what it, like I did, but without ever having seen it before. Because ba- basically what you see is Michael J. Fox. It's, it's Michael J. Fox. He's in a film in the 50s. And uh, he, he sees some guy up a tree spying through binoculars into a girl's bedroom as she's undressing. <laughs> Yeah. And then for the the rest most of the rest of the film, Michael J. Fox becomes obsessed with trying to get that guy to become the g- girlfriend, uh, to become the boyfriend yeah. of the girl he's been spying on. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and in order to facilitate this, he hatches a plot in which he 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 himself will pose as some kind of sex pest and make an unwanted move on her. Right, yeah. But then that goes wrong. Mm. But fortunately, Along comes a genuine sexual assault to save the day. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically 
the plot of there's a, there's a you know act two of that maybe act two into act three of that film. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And I'm right in thinking that the 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 woman in question is actually his mother. Yes, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, the, if anything, it makes more sense when it's his, when the, when you know the stakes are you know to make sure that he, his brother, and his sister are born. Yeah, yeah. But but if you didn't see that first, so you just switched it on, and that's what you came in. What the hell is the happening? Here? Film. Oh, and now there's like now there's some light. There's a guy in some lightning. And now it's the future, and weirdly, <laughs> he hasn't aged, but they have, and they're his <laughs> mum and dad. Yeah. And um, he now he he's, he likes his mum because she's thin. Oh, does that, does that come up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh of course. There's that bit where um, there's the suggestion that Chuck Berry stole rock and roll music from the white man. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. Marvin, it's Marvin. Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin, Marvin Berry. Nah. Listen to this. It's the nah. new sound you've been looking. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that is. Oh, God. And then. Um, and then, like, his dad is confident because he's punched someone. His whole life has changed because he punched somebody. And then the, the you know, the attempted rapist, he's still a family friend, they, but they employ him to clean the car and then sort of speak to him in a deme- demeaning way. I'm thinking your son would be more scarred by this I know, than, than I anything know, else that day. What? <laughs> Such a weird film. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Drifters. I was just thinking then, um, in, in that film, I think George McFly, Marty McFly's dad, is is the most drifterish character, right? Oh. I mean, I know he's a peeping Tom, which isn't great. Yeah. But the lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's one of us, kind of. That'd be interesting, actually, to hear who, who is, you know, what what is the ultimate depiction of a drifter on screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Be interested to know your thoughts on yes, that. Um, if If you think, okay... We all need representation. We should get a list going. That'd yeah, be nice. I'd yeah, like to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hear what's uh, what's been in the inbox this week. Then this is from Jenny. I live in Devon, and a few weeks ago was travelling to Essex by train. It was a six-hour journey, door to door, comprising of a bus, three trains, Ugh. and the tube through London. It was also the first time I travel in months, and I was dreading not only the journey but all the potential interactions with other humans that could occur in those six hours. Unfortunately, the most traumatic interactions happen within the first hour of the journey. I had to get a bus from my village to the nearest train station in the next town, somewhere I'd not been before, having only moved recently. I managed to successfully get on the bus and give the correct words to the driver to get to the station, all going well so far. Things went slightly downhill when, despite tucking my wheelie case in next to me, an old man still managed to trip over it on his way down the bus, resulting in the rest of the passengers glaring at me for the rest of the journey. I survived the 20-minute bus ride and got to the station about half an hour before my train was due. I decided to head to the high street and grab a coffee for my journey. As I didn't know the town well, I got a bit lost, wandering up and down the street for a while looking for the Costa coffee. Because of this, I ended up walking past a woman selling the big issue about four times, each time saying a mumbled sorry as I passed. I eventually found the Costa and ordered an oat milk cappuccino with no sprinkles. This detail matters for later. Coffee in hand and no longer lost, I left the shop and started making my way back to the station. A bit calmer now, I felt bad that I was passing the big issue seller for the fifth time now and remembered that in the last town I lived in, our local seller had a card machine. So this time I stopped, gave her a big smile and said, sorry, I don't have any cash, but would you take card? She looked delighted and said, would I take coffee? Yes, thank you. (laughs) And grabbed my cappuccino out of my hand. 
There was absolutely nothing I could do except say, timid, oh, you're welcome. I looked sadly at my coffee as she took a big sip, still smiling at me. I still really wanted a coffee, so I went back to the Costa and queued back up again. Of course, the same person served me as before, and I once again ordered an oat milk cappuccino with no sprinkles. They looked up and frowned and said, didn't I just serve you that a minute ago? Now, for some reason that I will never understand, instead of saying, yeah, I gave my last one away, or yes, I need another one for my friend, or literally anything else, I panicked, stared back at the girl blankly and said, uh, no. (laughs) She knew I was lying. I knew she knew I was lying and she knew I knew she knew I was lying. We stared at each other a bit longer and she said, oh, okay. I made my coffee. (laughs) I think maybe in that split second, my brain didn't know how to explain that my coffee had mistakenly been given away to a big issue seller and I needed a new one. So it malfunctioned and instead I pathetically lied about this situation. I obviously then spent the six hour journey going over the entire saga in my head and wishing for a different personality. Luckily, no one spoke to me after that for the rest of the journey. Why am I like this? Oh, my! I think you did the right thing, though. As Kate Moss says, you know, never explain, never complain. Can you imagine a drifter trying to explain what had happened? No, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you did what only any any drifter would have done in that I, situation. I think so. If that makes you yes. feel better, I yeah. think I yeah. think it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, another couple of ones. This first one is from Laura. On the topic of things that happened years ago that still make you cringe, it happened in a year seven science lesson. So coming up for 20 years ago now, it was a physics lesson about forces with a new teacher. And very uncharacteristically for me, as I was not a rule breaker, I was talking and not paying attention. Suddenly everything was quiet and the teacher was looking at me. I didn't catch what he said, but I heard name. The last thing I remember was Galileo. What's about Galileo? So I guess this was a test to see if I was listening and apprehensively answered, Galileo? Everyone laughed as he sighed and said, no, your name, dear. And I turned beetroot. I was fortunate that it didn't stick as a nickname, but I'm still reminded of it when I hear Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio. Galileo, Galileo. Galileo, Galileo. Uh, and then this last one is Laurie. Remember last week we were speaking about um, laziness, extreme and micro Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love one, this. Yeah, got yeah. one of these. In our old town in Tunbridge Wells, my ex-wife and I had quite a long flight of stairs. The walls there were blue and we decided to paint them yellow. We got halfway up and stopped as the other half would have required paintbrushes on sticks or being hung from the banisters by the ankles. You know the kind of thing. So we left it for three years, half the wall yellow and quite clearly a point where the brush strokes ended because we literally could not be bothered to finish it. We actually sold the house with the wall like that. We were desperately disinterested. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, more of these, please. I mean, I, j- I just love that extreme laziness. I thing. love it too. Yeah, it's always a favourite of mine. It's great. It makes me feel better about myself because it's yeah. the sort of thing that I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always good. Uh, drifters represented in film, um, not hearing a question, giving a weird answer, um, not wanting to the fear of an explanation mm. making you look even weirder yes yes all this yep. stuff please it's hello at adriftpodcast.com annabelle yes 
Let us have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So last week I took my son to what used to be called a farm, but then now they call them animal adventure parks. I mean, it's not where the animals go on an adventure, quite far from it, really. I mean, they're, they're well looked after, but the adventure... No, no, these ones did seem okay. well looked after. Uh, but the adventure is more for you. It's like there's got uh, animals, but also stuff like a sandpit, playground, one of those giant, big, bouncy pillows. Do you know those? Oh, I've been to this far. I think I know the oh, place you're talking okay, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we went on a Thursday because my son only goes to preschool four days a week. When we went there, because yeah. um, you have a car, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we took a train, walked across a nature park, and then I realised we'd have to complete the rest of the journey by walking up a dual carriageway with no um, with just, no pavement. I was just about to say, like, it really is somewhere, <laughs> yeah, like, in the yeah, middle yeah, of nowhere, yeah, yeah, apart yeah. from a dual carriageway. Like, how on earth did yeah, you get there? Yeah. We survived it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to see someone walking on a dual carriageway, something's gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, always. Um, we went on a Thursday because my son only goes to preschool four days a week. He could go five days a week. But I've always, I like the idea of doing something nice with him every week without there being lots of other people around like yes. before he starts school. Even though that something nice is often going to Sainsbury's and the library, which was quite quiet anyway. <laughs> but anyway, starting school soon. So I went all out and I took him to this farm. And I was right about one thing. Not lots of other people around. Like this place is very big and there was me and my son there. Then there was a granny with two granddaughters and another granny with a little boy. It was amazing. It was totally empty. I was able to throw myself about on that giant inflatable pillow with like true abandon. And when we arrived, we got given a timetable of events for the day. Every half an hour or so, there was some kind of event where you could watch an animal being fed, feed an animal or pet an animal. And the first one was feed the rabbits. There was just us at this one, me and my son. And there was this guy and he gave us some kind of foliage and my son fed it to the rabbit and he loved it. So I thought we'd make an effort to go to all of these different events. Second one, meet the critters. He got to cuddle a Madagascan cockroach, a giant land snail and a rat. Wow. And everyone at the park came to that. When I say everyone, I mean these three families, including <laughs> us. So this one's a bit more formal. And it was the same guy as the rabbit feeding one. And at the end, he said, obviously just part of the spiel, part of the script. OK, well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day at the park. Nice and polite. Half an hour later, meerkat feeding. Two of the families came. Same guy again. Same spill at the end. Enjoy the rest of your day at your park. And I've worked out now that it's just him doing it, all these meet the animal things. That's why it's staggered by half an hour. <laughs> I know I've got another one, the guinea pigs, in half an hour, followed by the goat and then the tortoises. And we're quite noticeable as we're two of just seven people in this whole place. So we turn up to the guinea pig thing. I go, us again. And then it's the same thing at the end. Enjoy the rest of your day at the park. And I'm thinking, yes, until I see you again in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's getting so embarrassing that I consider ditching the rest of them and to pretending that to my son they'd all been cancelled or just leaving on false pretenses, some invented emergency. But no, I go through it all. The goats, enjoy the rest of the day at your park. 20 minutes later, the tortoises, hello again. Like, why did he have to keep saying it? Yes. How could I have handled it better? Well, it doesn't matter because I'm never going back there ever again unless it's a bank holiday Monday in summer and will somewhere will somehow blend into the crowds. I couldn't bear to go through that again. Were you not sort of like tempted to jump in and say, uh, oh, well, I guess we'll see you again in 20 minutes? This is what I should have done. Yeah. This is what I should have done. Yeah. I'll see you again in 20 minutes. Uh, or you could be more passive-aggressive and just sort of join in with it like it's a refrain. Yeah, yes, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then say, see you in 20 minutes. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. to wash my wallet. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, as you can see, there's a pile of stuff here still drying out. Oh, right. Oh, dear. Ruined dry cleaners, tickets. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Items of sentimental value. Destroyed my loyalty card. That'll get my little stamps on at oh, the local grocery shop. That's devastating. It is. I love, my, I love getting my stamps, as I think I've mentioned before. That's worse than the six times that you've washed your passport. <laughs> Did they the last time I washed my passport? They, they said to me, "If it happens again, you'll be called in for an interview because no. it, um, it will be flagged as suspicious." <laughs> I've never heard that happening to anyone. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would it be suspicious? Because I think they'd think that I wasn't really um, washing. It was I was just uh, saying it, and I was selling okay. my passport yeah, on the yeah. black market. <laughs> yeah. But I went into the local shop, and they said, uh, "Have you got um, have you got a loyalty card?" Now, here's what I should say. Mm. No. Yeah, yeah, could yeah. Could I have a one, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead, I say, oh, I need a new one, actually, because I I, um, I I washed it in my trousers. Mm. And the young one behind the counter went, oh, how, how did that happen? <laughs> I thought that's quite an aggressive line of questioning to yeah, take. So yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, how do I answer that? I think, like, the answer is in the statement that I made initially. I washed. I can, so, I can see her confusion. I washed it in my trousers. It sounds like you were wearing your trousers when they were washed. So I, I said to her, oh, it was in the pocket. I didn't notice when they went into the washing machine. Uh, I didn't even mention the wallet because I yeah. thought that's a... And then she said, oh, I thought you said you'd lost your trousers. Oh, oh, right. And um, I only mentioned that because in the story before it was jenny wasn't it with the um with yeah, the yeah. cappuccino when when you try and explain yourself i find mm. uh, even if i try and have a normal interaction i do so with so little confidence in my voice <laughs> that i become borderline unintelligible <laughs> and then i was worried that she'd think i was some weird old pervert talking about losing my trousers <laughs> so it's um, just better not to explain anything yeah yeah it's just easier yeah yeah um so that was that. Another thing that happened last week was a friend of mine in Sweden texted me. And basically, she asked me if I would buy tickets for her son to, to go and see Travis Scott. Okay. At the O2 in London, because you needed both like a, a UK telephone number, and she was under the impression that you need a UK IP address. You couldn't buy the tickets from overseas. Um, and tickets were going on sale at 8.30 the following morning. Mm. So I said yes, because what am I going to say? Mm, difficult. No, it's, too, yeah. it's, it's giving me too much anxiety. Mm, mm, mm. I sound like a lunatic. Yeah. So I said yes, of course. But then the pressure of having to make sure, so I'm setting three alarms. Oh, no. Um, there was a waiting room. This doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. If you're buying a ticket, so... The first thing I had to do is click on it at eight o'clock mm. and then you're in a waiting room for half an hour. After you've been in the waiting room for half an hour, you then randomly get assigned a place in the queue. 
that doesn't seem fair. No. So if that was like a real ticket buying experience, they'd say, okay, there's a, we've we've um, sequestered the local leisure centre. Uh, come at eight o'clock. We're all gonna, you're all going to stand in a room, and then no matter what order you got here. Even if you just sauntered in yes, 30 seconds ago, yes. we're going to randomly assign you a place in the queue. Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder and, if that stops it crashing. I don't know. But even the idea of a waiting room yeah, seems, yeah, it's, seems strange. It's weird, like, yeah. Has technology not advanced to a point that we can just like go online and buy something and it'll give yeah. sell it in the order that you yeah. buy them? But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I think they like it when the systems crash. Because they can say we sold out in one minute and it crashed all the systems, it broke a record. I think that's why they do it. But it reminded me of nothing so much as um, our local GPs to get an appointment. The only way you can do it is by phoning up when the switchboard opens at eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And it just feels like this mad rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To 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 like fastest finger. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying trying to time it exactly right. Yeah. So that so that yeah. you have to. You want to get through exactly on eight o'clock. That means you've got to dial at like maybe is it fifteen seconds before, twenty seconds before? Yes, because also I, I I'm not sure if it's a system. Like, cause was I saying this to you the other day? I, don't, I might have even said it on the podcast. Um, like, we must be one of the last generations that remembers the time being anything other than completely accurate. Did I say this to you? No, no. So think about it. So if you're beneath a certain age. Hmm. The time is on your phone, and the phone knows exactly what time it is. Oh. Or it's on your computer, ah. or the t on the EPG on your TV, or whatever. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yes. So if you if you um, ask somebody what time it is, they tell you the correct time. You don't need to worry about their watch being fast or slow. Or uh, it, you know, when when we started in radio, you used to have these clocks that you'd have to press a button on the back like once a week, and the hands would go whizzing around, and there was some pulse boop. Radio signal being sent from Greenwich, that would mean um, it, then then it'd find the exact right time from that. Like it's nuts. Like, but apart from those <laughs> clocks, nothing was accurate. Atomic clocks, I think they were called. I'd never thought about that before. Yeah, it was always like, is it? You never knew exactly what it was. No. It was always well, what that watch or clock was saying at that time. Yeah. Didn't know it was right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that that was. Then, uh, then with the GP, I'm not sure if it just automatically at 8 o'clock because everything's digitised, switches on, or if it's when the receptionist takes their coat off and switches it on and switches it mm. from answering machine mode to normal mode. And then you could second-guessing them. Yeah. What if their bus was early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody's been ringing since 5-2. It's very stressful. Yes. Anyway, so that, that was the feeling. Also reminded me a bit of, as a kid, I used to be forever trying to ring Swap Shop. Sometimes I'd want yeah. to swap something. This is a Saturday morning TV show mm. where kids could swap toys with other kids. But also, you know, maybe um, Shawadi Wadi would be on there and you could ask them a question mm-hmm, or David mm-hmm. Attenborough. And it was my, I loved that show so much and it was my obsession to try and get through on the phone. <laughs> and I would, I must have spent every, when it was on the air, like every Saturday morning in the hall with the TV turned up so I could hear it, just on the rotary phone oh. trying to get through. And I never, ever did. And my dad always said, it's biased towards people in London because they don't have to dial 01. Oh. <laughs> Everyone else has to dial 01 811 I think he was right. I'm sure. What other reason? I sometimes used to ring, like, ring that number in the week to see what would happen. Oh, just because just, just you wanted someone to answer. Yeah. Just what you wanted that moment. Just what I didn't realise. You know, now, now I know it was just like a bank of flashing lights mm. that would be unattended in the week but in, in my mind 
there was a telephone somewhere. Yeah. And it'd be ringing and someone would think, oh, that's annoying. I'll pick it up and it might be Noel Edmonds. Oh. Never was. I wonder how many people did that. I wonder how much it did just ring. Quite a lot. I bet it did. I bet it did. I was obsessed with the phone. Like as a kid, as a as a teenager, even into my twenties, I'd make you know always be on the phone to people, not on a mobile phone, on a landline, making having long conversations, and that is baffling mm, to me. Mm. I know kids these days are obsessed with phones, but actually the phone aspect of it is is completely uninteresting to them. No, they're messaging. It's aren't like they? everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Or even like little kids, like they'll want to like look at all the stuff that is on a phone. Mm, mm. Um, they're but, not using it at all. No, no. But I can't. It's it's bad because these days, if I if I make a phone call, it's very much like, and this is going to date age me. All my phone calls are as if the pips have just gone, and I need to get out the information I'm going to say as quickly as possible before the phone cuts off. Right, right. I don't want to be on the phone. I just want to. I want to get off the phone. Mm. So it's like it's a countdown in my head. Mm. Where's that? I was a teenager. I'd like to talk to. You know, I'd do that thing where I pretend that I hadn't called them; they called me. Had a few little tricks involving the old BT engineers number that you could make your phone ring. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So what I do is I, I think I've told you this before. I go and make the phone ring by dialing. I've forgotten the number now. It was one. It wasn't eight oh eight one, was it? Anyway, can't remember one seven two. Yeah, something like that. It's the old GPOs engineer. They could come and test your phone mm-hmm. was working. So I'd go in the hall. I'd sneak. I'd call it. Hope we like. Moving my finger really slowly on the rotary phone so that my parents wouldn't hear the click, 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 click. And then I would run as quickly but as uh, deftly as possible upstairs. So the phone would start ringing Mm. and then I'd yell, I'll get it! Oh, very good. Run down and then ring my friend. And then I wouldn't be in any trouble for running up the phone bill (laughs) until the phone bill came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's before itemised phone bills. So it's very difficult to identify the culprit. Couldn't be proved. Yes. God, I I was good. What a, what a mastermind, what a criminal <laughs> fraud mastermind. I used to love the phone book as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just the idea that there was a phone book would seem strange. But what would you do with it, look, apart from look for your teacher's name? I mean, feats of strength. Oh, feats of strength, ripping in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would, you know, look if anybody had a funny name. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. See those f- entries at the first, which were always 00000008888888 taxis. <laughs> they were trying to get listed first. But I would look at my... T- Teachers, I've told you this before, I would look at my teacher, then call them in the summer holidays. What, and then just hang up? No, have a little chat with you them. No! Yeah. What would you Can say? I just say, uh, um, oh, hi, Mrs. Um, uh, hi, Mrs. Gibson, how's it going? And did they say, where did you get my number from? No. I think they were kind. I think oh. because I think they probably thought, oh, this person's got any friends. He's really oh, his teacher in the school no, no, my heart's breaking. I think they thought that. Yeah, the school secretary took me on a, on a trip, just me and her, in her car. Where did you go? We went to see the Halle Orchestra at the Free Trade Hall in Manchester. Did you? Yeah. How did that happen? How did it come about? So I think it came about because I was, I think when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I, I really wanted to be an eccentric child. I had it. In my, it wasn't that I was eccentric. Mm. It's that I wanted to be eccentric. So I'd sort of think, what's eccentric? Oh, like in classical music instead of pop music. Mm-hmm. So then I'd like listen to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony <laughs> on my Walkman, and I think the school secretary caught wind of this and said, "Would oh. you like to go and see an orchestra?" And she took it's that nice. is so so nice. nice. I but love like now that. that I think of it, I do think it's like a lot of teachers taking pity on me for being friendless. Oh, but they were being humoring ki- me. the kindness. I just it is love kind. It. it is kind. Oh. That like it reflects very well on them. So well on them. I'm not sure how well it uh, it reflects on me. 
It's weird because now I can think of nothing worse than being thought of as eccentric. Just want to be unnoticed. Normal. I want yeah. to be unnoticed. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want the people in the shop who think I lost my trousers to be saying, "Oh, that eccentric guy was in earlier." Oh, I'd hate to be called that. Yeah, I'd much rather like that guy was in earlier. Like what guy? I don't know. It's difficult to disguise. What does he look like? I don't really know. He's sort of nothingy. Mm. But what, what, what do we know about him? Nothing really. <laughs> what sort of clothes do you wear? Nothing. I'd love to be that guy. Right, right. Just like then MI5 could get in touch with me. Well, say, yeah, that's who they want. Yeah, we yeah. need to do a stealth mission. Mm. Well, anyway, good news is I got these tickets. Bad news is they were so far back, they're in a different time zone to the performer and so oh. high up that he's going to get altitude sickness. Well, but it's not your fault. I got the tickets. Yeah, good. Well done. <laughs> How's this, uh, how's this whole quandary corner situation? Looking? Okay, well, the first one we've got is from Elizabeth, who resides in Virginia, USA. Hello, this quandary has been plaguing my husband and I for a while, but the frequency of the incident has ebbed and flowed, and therefore I have not written. However, this morning it has once again presented itself. The backstory, we live in a semi-rural part of the states, and by semi-rural I mean the homes around us have between 5 to 10 acre lots, but a variety of shopping centres are just 10 minutes away. Very close, very convenient. My husband owns a trailer which he's able to put behind his truck, and he uses it regularly for projects around the house and land. We share a driveway with our neighbours, can see their house from ours and know them fairly well as our children play with theirs. The wife and I can get together and have patio chats. We've been invited to share a meal. We watch each other's homes when we're on vacation. In other words, we are friends. The rub comes from the neighbour's husband, asking my husband to use his trailer on a fairly regular basis. There are a few issues with this. One, my husband is very particular about his things, especially things that cost a lot to us. And we don't have disposable income lying about to replace something that is in working condition. Two, the neighbour doesn't drive with the same care as my husband. Hmm. Three, the neighbour and, and family have what appears to be a good amount of disposable income. This is evidenced by the purchasing of two new large vehicles, a full kitchen renovation and recent house painting, among other things. Four, due to conversations I've had with the wife, I know that they bring in a fair amount of income with their jobs. The husband has once again asked mine to borrow the trailer. The last time, four days ago, he mentioned that he really should just go and buy one. And this morning's text began with, I'm really embarrassed to be asking you this. In other words, he knows that he should get one immediately. My husband is a definite drifter, although my diagnosis is not his. (laughs) I'm an extrovert with strong drifter tendencies with people or situations I don't know. For example, I don't like calling to schedule things over the phone. I overthink social interactions that I perceive are embarrassing, etc. But I do find joking about to make a point where necessary. Do you have any suggestions as to what we should do? Should I put myself out? Should I put myself there at the potential cost of an awkward moment with the wife to help out my annoyed husband? Help. Okay, okay. Let me think here. Do so- you understand what she means by a trailer? Because I would like to picture this a bit better and I can't. Is it just like a vehicle that you drive around your land? I think, you know, if um, you want to take some stuff to the tip. Yeah. And there's a thing you can hook onto the, I don't know what that thing is called on the back of a car that you clip a caravan onto. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a little thing. It's got two wheels, like a wheel on either side, maybe more if it's bigger. Okay. And it it can be anything from like an open open thing yeah, yeah. to one that's you know fully covered okay does cool. that yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean it makes the word isn't the word isn't it trailer yeah. it trails behind yeah. gotcha okay okay so it isn't a separate vehicle right you no. hook it on okay gotcha my feeling mm. 
is this is going to be okay? Because the embarrassment is present. Yes, that is very reassuring yes. that he is, he's so, got the self-awareness. Here, I know yeah. that this has been going on for a while, but um, I, th- I think it's about to shake itself out because he, he, he just this guy just knows, right? And how much more can he put yes. himself through this? If you want to help it along... Yeah, she does. Your husband mm. or you, mm. um, you could like do a bit of research on eBay or ask around or look around or something mm. and then say... Oh, I know you're after a trailer. I've seen that they're selling one at you know downtown, or uh, I saw this one. It's it's logo. Um, I was looking at trailers because I'm, I'm thinking of upgrading. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So so there's so there's that. So I think it's going to shake itself out because you're doing the work for them, but you're also letting them know that you, yes, in a in a very yeah, very, very subtle way, way yeah. friendly way, yeah. that you think that they should be yeah. going their own. You you know you're being passive aggressive, mm. but it, it could look like you're just being super helpful, but you are reinforcing the point. I think that's brilliant. I think that's your answer. Mm. Um, Otherwise, just make jokes about it. Oh, still haven't got one then. Yeah, yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Make jokes about it to make it clear that you've recognised this issue. Yeah, mm. thinking of buying you a personalised number, a vanity plate for this trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. use it so often. Yeah, yeah, all of that, yeah. Because I don't, you see, I, I feel it's very much out of my world because I don't know how likely a trailer is to wear out. And also how much he could damage it if he's not such a yeah. careful driver. Yeah, because kind of my instinct is a little bit, mm. you're not going to like me for this. No. Uh, and I'm sorry about this, um, uh, Elizabeth. I think with things like cars, trailers, if an alien was to come to planet Earth and see how much time things that take a vast amount of energy and resource to make just sit empty... They'd be disgusted by it. Mm-mm. Think about cars. Like most cars, most of the time, are sat doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm all for a bit of um, sharing. But I think if you're sharing, then they also need to have some responsibility for the upkeep. Could and, you? And, you know, the stuff about his driving, I guess if anything happened, he sounds like the sort of person, if anything happened to the trailer, he would replace it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like that would be an issue. But you don't want to be feeling anxious every time somebody's uh you know somebody i wonder if you could like trade in your trailer for a new one and see if they want to go halves on it with you and then that way you could be financially up on the deal and it makes sense to share it if you're not both using it at the same time yeah i mean if one of you moves it's a bit annoying you can buy them out yeah but I think we should share more stuff instead of mine. Yes, mine. And it's Which a... isn't, I don't think that's what you're doing. You think you're no. legitimate, but I think that's how we approach so many things that we don't need to. Things that are not used ninety percent mm. or more of the time. And is there a way of? Is there something that you would like to borrow of theirs to make yourself feel better about this situation? Maybe that would help. Maybe oh, you yeah. think oh, I've always revenge wanted to borrow, borrow their. I don't know. Ride on lawnmower. Yeah, revenge sure borrow. There we go. Okay, Reve- we're giving, we're borrow. giving you a lot of. <laughs> A lot of options. I, love, I think my favourite is the revenge borrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then this one is from Roxanne. When you're in a shop and the cashier doesn't see you, how long do you wait in silence, hoping they'll notice you before you say, excuse me, I was at a pharmacy and I ended up waiting about five minutes. I made little tapping noises to hope she noticed me. I paced up and down with the hope she'd see me in the corner of her eye. I need a better strategy for next time. Yeah, no, I... I um... I can't answer this question because this happens to me all the time. It happened to me last night. I went to Sarah's, one of Sarah's previews and I went to the bar and the two bar people were having a chat with their backs to me. Oh. I was there for so long. That's terrible. So I didn't want to be rude by saying, excuse me. No. And I was doing sort of an ever 
more exaggerated movements in the hope that something in their peripheral vision would make them notice me. Um, and like getting my phone out and like putting it on the counter with a thud and like nothing, nothing worked. What I always do in this situation is I always say, excuse me, but I do it so quietly because I don't want it to see be the thing. And then they never hear. Then I end up saying to myself, oh, well, they, <laughs> they didn't hear. I look like even more of an idiot now. And I'll tell excuse you what, me. what doesn't solve it is a little bell. Oh, I was about to suggest a little bell. Do you not think you look like... Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. I'm here now, ringing my bell for attention. It's like, slave please, is a yeah. bit like that, isn't it? Servant. <laughs> yeah, servant here, yeah, it does feel a bit rude, doesn't it? Yeah, oh. like Hector Salamanca. In the... Anyway. Um... We should just feel more confident about saying, excuse me, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, well, that's great advice on this podcast, Annabelle. <laughs> Just be more confident. That's going to land, isn't it? No, about saying excuse me. But, I, do, you know, Coughing, my, no. my one thing Coughing that sometimes good. works is uh, is exaggerated movement and hoping that something in the peripheral vision, they think, oh, what was that? Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. She did try that, but, yeah, try and, yeah. Yeah, go bigger. Go bigger, <laughs> but not so big. <laughs> Good. If you want to know what the, uh, the the rules are in any given social situation, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for your ears. We appreciate it as ever. We'd love to hear from you. Your story of social ineptitude, please send it in. Um, also, that, that idea that we had before about um, yeah, what is the greatest depiction of drifting on screen mm, in mm. film or television or in literature yes, even. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we'd we'd uh, love to hear from you on that, please. Uh, and all the other stuff too. It is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And uh, didn't, didn't I just serve you an oat milk cappuccino with no sprinkles? Uh, no. All right, this comes from Simone O'Connor, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Simone starts her email with the words sensitive content warning. So I'm just going to leave that with you, let it land. And if you want to uh, leave this week's podcast here, we understand. So Simone writes, I would like a publication this week to my husband, Mark, whose birthday is this Saturday, the 9th of July. Although not a drifter, uh, he accepts my drifterism and understands that he has to make all phone calls and that I never answer my phone, even when it's him phoning. <laughs> Bad so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this year, more than ever, he has managed to be the stabilising rock in our family and kept me with my head above water. We suffered a devastating miscarriage around Christmas time and I was back and forth to A&E, mostly alone due to COVID, whilst he was at home with our daughter, desperate to be with me. As I was up to my 12 weeks, there involved a little bit of surgery, which he was allowed to come with me to. His consistently positive attitude to everything at times when I felt I'd failed got me through some of the darkest recovery days and his ability to shrug off challenges and continue to smile and take charge at a time I normally would have amazed me. 
So here's to him. Happy birthday to the most undrifter and positive person I've ever known who managed to make me smile again when at times I thought I wouldn't. And that's from Simone. Um, well, I mean, he, uh, 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 Mark, you sound amazing. Yes. None of us can relate to you with your positivity <laughs> and your undrifterism, but you know, what a thing to go, what a thing to go, like just at the best of times, what a thing to go through. And I said before, I speak from experience and, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're years out at this point. Uh, what is it? I mean, well over six years, seven years probably. And I, I still feel like I have a bit of, don't have PTSD over states it, but I, you know, the, if, if I, if, if I go there, I can, you know, get, it can feel very raw. Um, you know, seeing you, but you both go through it, of course. But seeing your your partner going through that in their body, where yeah, that's sort of like deeply unpleasant thing, where there was all this hope and you know this future that you imagined and felt so that you were you know you were, it was news you were celebrating just turns into the worst news and it's it's harrowing. I mean, it's and it sounds like the version of it that you went through there, Simone, was particularly unpleasant because there was this. Um, surgical element and then you know having to not have your hand literally held I know Mark was there to hold you in all these other ways because of the restrictions I mean it's just so hard um so I'm really sorry that the two of you went through that it's um it's rotten it's it's really rotten I'm so sorry um but Mark sounds amazing doesn't he happy birthday Mark yeah shall I is Simone's PS just for you or shall I no read it this is interesting. If you ever wanted a secret health professional's question time, I was a radiographer for 15 years in the NHS, dealing with around 50 to 60 patients a day. I have seen, heard and experienced it all. And people have done the strangest things at appointments and never failed to amaze me with their inability to understand basic instructions. <laughs> oh, well, we need to know more on this, don't we? She says, not my career at the moment, but I still have so many stories about patients that always, always seem to happen to me. It's great. Any job where you're dealing with the public um, is rewarding, not necessarily in and of itself, but in the sort of stories of human behaviour that you managed to accumulate yeah, over yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Secret health professional. Definitely like to hear that. And Simone, I know her through Instagram and she does children's clothes now, which are amazing. They're so beautiful. So if you want to look them up, it's bonnieandfrey.com. Oh, really? Or.co.uk. One of those. <laughs> Bonnie and Frey, anyway. I hope like .com isn't, you know, <laughs> something uh, unsavoury. <laughs> direct people. <laughs> I imagine not. Um, all right. That's the latest edition of the podcast. Podicated to Mark, happy birthday, and I hope this next uh, 12 months is better than the 12 months that have preceded it. So that's from Simone O'Connor. Happy birthday to Mark. And if you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.